from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Hi, it's Carla Marie. This is episode number 28 of my Side Hustlers podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for spreading the love, for tweeting me, for commenting on Instagram that you're enjoying the podcast. And for those of you who have rated and reviewed the podcast on iTunes, I appreciate that very much because that helps uh, get the podcast out there for other people to see it. So the more ratings and the more reviews it gets, that helps. So if you have the time to do that, I appreciate it very much. If you have any questions, comments, comments, concerns, people you want to recommend for side hustlers, you can uh, reach me on Instagram. It's at the Carla Marie. Hit the little message button. I will see it. My email, it's also there. I do have a few announcements I want to get to before we start this week's episode and talk to this week's guests. Casey from Stranded Adventure Company, that was the adventure clothing brand I had on a few weeks ago. He told me that he just got the lead singer of the band Broadside to wear one of his brand new jackets on his next tour so that's really cool always spreading the love you can check them out on instagram that's stranded underscore adventure underscore co and also alex from valley and rose flower truck had her on earlier this year she's from seattle she is doing a uh, fall mini photo session for families here in seattle or anyone where she's teamed up with a local photographer and you can go take pictures at her truck and she's created like this little fall scene on the little v-dub wagon and i went last weekend took a bunch of pictures they're super cute they'll be on my instagram if they aren't already it's at the carla marie to check it out and you it's at valley and rose flower truck if you want to see what alex is doing 
This week, we're talking to Sonia Howe of Sonia Howe Jewelry, which began the same way most of our ideas start, except Sonia Howe didn't stop with just an idea. After seeing celebrities like Jennifer Lawrence and Anne Hathaway wear gorgeous jewelry to the 2018 Oscars, Sonia had to have it, except it was all unbelievably expensive. As we know, that's what happens. Sonia couldn't believe how hard it was to find affordable, quality jewelry. So along with her 40-hour-a-week full-time job at Disney Corporate, Sonia launched Sonia Howe Jewelry. Her pieces were sold on the deal segment during the Wendy Williams show. Sherry Shepard from The View wore her pieces on The View. She's been featured as the deal of the day on the Today Show. And during the 2018 Winter Olympics, Mariah Nagasu wore Sonia Howe earrings when she became the first American woman to land a triple axel at the Olympics. For a lot of people, you know, why are you waiting? You know what you want to do. This is something you want to do. Get up your butt and do it. I'm a hustler, side, side, hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side, side, hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side, side, hustler. I'm a hustler, side, side, hustler. I'm a hustler, side, side, hustler. Come on, ask about me. Yo, yo. It's the Side Hustlers Podcast with Carla Marie. Hi, Sonia. <laughs> Hi. You are such a freaking badass. I need to say that right away. And I use that word a lot on this podcast, but it's true. Oh, uh, not really, but thank no. you. <laughs> <laughs> I love everything you've done and all the stuff you've accomplished. And I want to get into all of it. But where are you right now? Like, where are you chatting from? Literally in front of my backyard patio. <laughs> <laughs> and you're in California, because- right? Yes, and my baby's inside, and she's been crying, so I don't want her to interrupt this. So you've got a baby. You've got this amazing business. Sonia Howe Jewelry is uh, its huge now. I mean, you and I have been in touch for... I think for a few years. Yeah. I think in, initially you like publicized my jewelry on your... Um, on the local news, King 5. Yeah, right here in Seattle on King 5. Yeah. And all the stuff that I feel like you've accomplished since then, it's cr- I'm like, oh my God, she did all this. Look at this. This is awesome. So I'm super proud of you. Uh, it's, it's cool for me to have you on this podcast. And I love that you started, obviously, as a side hustler. So let's go back in time to when you were working full time at Disney and you decided, you know what? This isn't enough. Let me add more on my plate and start my own jewelry company. Was it really because you were watching the Oscars and decided I want my own jewelry like that? Yeah, I actually really wanted something that was like affordable and high quality and that doesn't like cause my skin to irritate. Yep. And and a lot of the ones that are affordable are made out of, you know, toxic metals. So, you know, there hasn't been enough research on jewelry and how the skin absorbs the metal and how toxic it is. There's not a lot of research, and just recently, ABC just came out with an article about how um, Julie from Ross and H&M have cadmium causing reproductive issues and cancer. So, what? like I said, not enough, not enough research done. So I knew that if I created something that that our, our skin only is exposed to real like metals, like 18 karat gold, 14 karat gold, or 24 karat gold, that I will not get an irritation from it. And I couldn't find anything that was a a combination of that where it was like fashionable like fashion jewelry but it was high quality like fine jewelry so that's where i kind of create that middle medium called fine fashion jewelry i love that i love yeah. that you say fine fashion jewelry because you what did you say it's fine jewelry and fashion jewelry combined combined yes and so that our skin is only touching like real metals that 
you know, that won't, that won't irritate us and is designed to last forever, you know, oh, and it's affordable. Well, that's one of the things I, I first said to you when <laughs> we just started talking. I said, look, I still have the earrings you sent me forever ago and, and they're yeah. in perfect shape and I'm holding them. And the last thing that I would think holding this is I wouldn't even say affordable. I'd be like, oh, these must be expensive. They, they feel heavy. They feel they feel like they are some crazy brand that I can't afford but I can and I have no idea how you've managed to do it but it's awesome so when you first launched Sonia Howe and you were working at Disney did you think that one day this would be your full-time job no it actually started just like as a hobby like like any Etsy seller out there you know there's millions of jewelers like I am no different than any one of you guys okay like I started from where you guys started the only difference is that I never sold an Etsy because I knew that there were so many more talented people than me on there and that it was just a wow. killer for me. Like, no, no one's going to buy my stuff. There's so many. Like, I feel like there was like, you know, way more talented jewelers out there with like hundreds and thousands of followers. And I was just starting out to a few, you know, like five years ago, zero followers. So I actually never took that avenue. Wow. So what did you do? Sell right from your own site from the beginning? I started a site and then I got discovered by a TV agency that puts jewelry on tv for me on consignment though like there's a downside you have to have like a certain high level of units like 1,000 2,000 units in stock oh, wow. and all, all, all of them would sell out so you're taking a huge risk by holding high inventory but it was like great exposure for me and my brand it got my stuff out there and I was able to sell like hundreds of units in a day versus like selling you know like the people that sell on Etsy or something you only get like a few pieces a day right so I was able to like mass sell them yeah. in a limited time which i liked but um by the way if you're listening sorry and you want to check out mm-hmm. sonia's jewelry you can go to soniahow.com it's h-o-u it's s-o-n-i-a-h-o-u.com while we're in the middle of this podcast if you need something to look at while you're listening but what year so you started in 2013 what year did you get discovered by that tv agency i would say like in six months <laughs> wow so how like how do they find you do they ever explain how they found you you know what? That's a good question. I actually would post on social media, like on Twitter. You know, I forgot if Instagram existed back then, but it was on Facebook, on my Facebook page, whatever social media platform. Social media is such a nice platform to even get discovered with, you know, with celebrities or anyone. So, or, or connect with anyone. Yeah. Um, honestly, with that social media, I don't think I would even be doing jewelry. I think I would have failed at this point. Oh, wow. So how far into having this as your side hustle were you able to leave Disney? I left Disney like a, a year and a half ago. Oh, so you were uh, doing this for a while. A while, yeah. And then I kind of did it full time and it kind of went went full blown this year when I connected with some Olympic athletes before the Winter Olympics and have them work. I had all of the U.S. singles women's figure skater wear my jewelry at the Olympics, like that all, was the whole team, which all is crazy. So, uh, and, and, and they and two of them wore it while performing. It was Karen Chan and Mariah Nagasu. Yeah, and she wore it while doing things that no one's ever done before, which is amazing. Yeah. And you've been yeah. featured on websites for your tactics on getting them to wear your jewelry. Which I was like, how did she land this? And you just reached out on Instagram. You, you mean um, reach out to Mariah and them? Yeah. Yes, I reach them. I direct DM them. I love like, this. Like that's it's amazing how accessible celebrities are. You just have no idea. Like because Instagram has a feature where it says the email button and if you just click on that so many it people sends don't. Yeah. them the personal email. Yeah. yeah. Did you email like what made you think, you know what? These girls are about to go away to the Olympics. Let me email them. Like where did that idea come from to target 
because no one thinks oh. Olympians are. Oh, yeah. Where are my earrings? Like you don't. I feel like I wouldn't think like that. That's why I'm not selling jewelry, and you are. So, what made you think of that? <clears throat> well, the first thing I noticed that when they were when they announced the athletes for the U.S. Olympic team in January, I immediately checked their Instagram followers, and they had like twenty thousand or ten thousand. And that to me was like, okay, they're, they must be accessible. No one must be contacting them all Smart. the time. So, and I know that during the Winter Olympics, you get millions of exposure, like 28 million or 100 million people watching worldwide. You know, worldwide. So I looked at that as an opportunity and that, you know, these Olympic athletes don't get paid much and that they'd probably appreciate me gifting them some high-end jewelry yeah. to wear at the Olympics. And which they did. And from there on, I was featured on CNBC. Pop Sugar wrote an article how the earrings caused Mariah Nagasu to land that triple axel like it brought her good luck. Yeah. Which I, I believe it did because she wore the white quartz one. It was the earrings were made out of white quartz and white quartz is known to promote good luck. Is that what this is that I have? No, she, oh. she wore the fire. Oh, she, she cannot wear those dangles while doing the triple axel. <laughs> it's true. It was these fire earrings that I designed. I saw them. They are so pretty. You could wear them three different ways, and she wore them in an ear jacket way. Um, She wore it it for both performances on her short and long performance. And so... Were you in touch with any of them after the Olympics and said, like, thank you guys or congrats? Like, were you after? Yeah. I I mean, I'm still in touch with them here and there. Like, after the Olympics... Karen um, promoted my earrings on her Instagram as a giveaway for her fans. So I mean, her, her followers grew grew significantly after the Olympics. So. so many people, obviously, like a good way to equate what you did would be like the stock market. You think you see things that, oh, wow, it's going to blow up. The stock market's going to blow up because people are going to start buying XYZ or doing XYZ. Let me buy stock. It's almost like you looked at their Instagram accounts and them as humans as stock. Like, That's let me true. get them yeah. while they're low, really. And Yeah, with minimal investment. Yeah. Like, the, it didn't cost me that much. Like, usually, like you know, Nike spent millions to be on the Olympics, you know, for all Olympic athletes to wear their jackets. <laughs> I spent zero on PR marketing, and I got that all that exposure, especially, you know, like the camera really like gives an up close headshot of all the skaters when they skate. So my earrings were everywhere. It was amazing. I loved it. I like, I commend you so much for that. Like huge kudos because that is incredible that you thought of that. And I was like, how did she do it? Oh my God. She's just a genius. That's how she did it. So good job on that one. Are you like sneaking around? Like, okay, what's next? What can I do? You don't have to tell us, but yeah, I mean like we're, you know, we're always trying different promotional strategies of like, celebrities and like now we're, we're trying to like uh, ramp up our e-commerce because e-commerce is just the way to go these days a lot of retail stores are closing down yeah and so you know we, we're blogging we're doing a lot of search engine optimization a technical term that not everyone knows SEO. But, uh, yes okay yes. we know seo but we don't know what it means <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's not fun no <laughs> so yeah we're, we're just ramping up our our e-commerce site and just try to do more collaborations with celebrities and Instagram collaborations, you know, and social, everything, all like of ads. It. Yeah. When you were at Disney, what was your job, your full-time job? I worked in the TV business. I worked in sales and mar- sales research marketing. So we would sell shows to like Netflix oh, and wow. sh- shows in syndication, like Love of Kelly and Ryan. Like I would do that all the oh, time nice. or yeah. So we would do a lot of pitches and like we would also help create show concepts like the fab life of Chrissy Teigen that was like a full-time job so I really couldn't devote much time as I can now 
to it. Do you, is there anything from your job at Disney that now you use in your business? Absolutely. The process of pit creating pitches, all the technical skills of using Excel and like, you know, the pitches are the way how I pitch my jewelry is what I learned from Disney. And I actually apply them to a lot of the, um, the way how I pitch to buyers and stuff. When when you were side hustling, when the hell were you doing this work? Like when were you launching your business if you were working a full-time job? Because I think that's what a lot of people struggle with. They're like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. I've been there myself. And it's like, but when? When do I do it? How did you do that? Well, the thing is that, look, I have a philosophy, right? If you have time to like party and socialize after work for happy hour for friends or hang out or go clubbing in the weekends, then you have time to start a business. Oh, yeah. I took my time. I wasn't trying to like start a website overnight. You know, I literally, whenever I had time on the weekends or time after work, I would just work on the website and it took me six months to build a website. You know, it is a long time, but it's better than doing nothing and just spending your time socializing. Like I kind of have this philosophy in life where, you know, you're going to live for the next 40, 50 years. You might as well just take a risk and do something on the side and, whether it takes five or 10 years for it to blow or 20 years to blow up, just start and do it. Cause you know, everyone needs a creative outlet, like to full feel fulfilled in life. Unless you're, you have a job where you just are passionate about and love and you don't even care for a side hustle, then great. But if, if you feel like you need to feel, you know, feel fulfilled and feel like you are satisfying your, um, your passion in life, then you should start something. Yeah, I love that. I was reading one of your interviews and you said I had everything to gain and nothing to lose. And I was like, that is, it is just so true. So many times we're, we're like scared to take that jump for what? Like you don't have to leave your job. Just it's a hobby. It's like if you're going to pick yeah. up knitting, it's the same thing. Start building a website instead of knitting. Like just, just do it. And the thing is, it's so inexpensive. Like building a website could only cost like, you know, you, you just hire someone online to do it for $400. Like, I think everyone has $400 in the pocket to spend, whether you spend it on clothes or stuff you don't need. Starbucks. Just put it in a website. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, anyone could do it. It's a matter of if you want to devote your time to it. Well, and yeah. I also, one of the things you said over our emails was, I, I was like, I can't believe she said that. You said anyone can start a jewelry line. And you made, yeah. like, tell me why you believe in that. Well, look at all the Etsy sellers over well, there. Well, I guess you're right. Yeah. I mean, all you got to do is just go to, you, know, you could go to Michael's, get some beads, get some materials, put pieces together and just call it a jewelry line and start selling on Etsy. That's how easy it is. You could just only spend 20 bucks at Michael's, create these earrings, sell on Etsy, see if they sell. Like anyone could start it. What is the difference between anyone starting a jewelry line and where you are now? Well, I actually had to create an actual corporation with me because, you know, when you sell on TV, you have to have like insurance you know you actually i actually had to like llc my company and i and you know what people think it's so hard like do you have to go to the courthouse and you know you don't you could do it all online in an hour actually you can become an llc in an hour i just went to legalzoom.com and i am promoting them because i think they're great um i literally just like the moment the tv agency contacted me i llc my company that night uh, yes, and, smart. Boom. and then I, I just bought insurance and insurance only takes you know Again, a day just to call an insurance company and get business insurance and you're done. You have a 16-month-old. Are you still working from home or do you have a another place? Or it's still 16-month-old, right? Yeah. You just- um, she's turning two years old, actually. She's turning two. Friday. Tomorrow, you- actually. What? 
Okay, so you have a two-year-old. Yeah. How yes. do you manage having a two-year-old and a your own business? You definitely need help. You can't do it without help. I have a nanny on the weekdays, but I still take care of her. I take her to baby classes on the weekdays in the daytime for an hour or two. So, you know, I'm still very present with her. And that, But the great part is that when you're at home or whether you're at the office, you go in and out. So Right. It's your you own know, business. And, no one's going to yell at you. <laughs> and I actually work from my iPhone. Like, you think about, like, I would take her to the park and I would just make modifications to my website for my Shopify app on my iPhone. You know, you could really work on the go without even carrying a laptop. Just work on your iPhone. So you have an actual location that is where you work that is your office or do you do everything from home? I work in an, I, ha- I have an office, but I don't go there often. I do from home. I, whenever it's needed, like if I have a meeting, then I would go to the office and have meet people there, you know, but other than that, not really. You kept saying we earlier. Do you have a team of people around you at this point? Yeah, just two people. Yeah, just two though. But this, you have to keep in mind when you started this, it was literally you doing everything. And what what point did you start hiring people? When I felt like the sales volume was high and and it's justified to like, you know, to, to expand and, I needed people to put pieces together, package, and I couldn't do it all. <laughs> and to, on top of that, like, you know, you know how you mentioned how I did it all and began at the websites? It's also because I have a, an IT degree. Aha. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> yeah, so that kind of helps, right? So ha- having an understanding of that really helped me um, with my e-commerce side. What was the first position that you hired someone to help you with? Was it packing? Packing and making jewelry. So you actually, do you still make it yourself? Only the, my original pieces, those are made. But the other stuff that I have developed ever since after that, they're not made. They're all manufactured in a factory. I just send the design over and they manufacture it and just they mass produce it and ship it back to me. When you say you send a design over, are you, do you physically make, because I have no idea how this yeah. works. So do you physically make that design, like the piece of jewelry is in your hand and you send it? Or when you say I make a design, are you drawing or sketching or using Photoshop? Well, there's many different ways. A lot of people use like a software or they like actually use actual 3D molding or clay. I actually just draw on a piece of paper and I send it over. And it's with a factory in Brazil and one in Asia. Yeah, and it's it's really that simple. I'm telling you, it's not hard. I think people <laughs> just need to be strong-minded. Like I think the, one of the other reasons why people don't take this jump, which I don't even think it's a big jump because it's not even a huge investment, is because you have people like your family or friends saying, Starting a jewelry line, like there's so many Etsy sellers. You're one in a billion. Like, what are your odds of even making it? Well, you'd be surprised because I started just like you guys, you know? And you just got to be strategic in the way you think and smart. Like, just don't do not do what the crowd does. And that's you, what I try not to do. Did you have people saying that to you when you said, I'm going to start a jewelry line? Oh, yeah. People were saying to me, it's not going to work out. Like, who are you going to sell to? Like, yeah, I mean, I didn't get a lot of buyers when the first – or few months I started because I honestly didn't even know how to find a buyer or where to start because you know Etsy wasn't working out for me so yeah it, it, it took a while but you have to be okay with not making money because in the beginning because you're just starting out and wh- why do you care you're not making money with this venture because you, you still have a full-time job so yeah. you're not like poor you're, you're not going to live on the streets or anything as a result of this small you know venture you're, you're taking upon so just continue working at it and eventually you'll You'll get a buyer. When you now those people that said that to you in the beginning, you specifically, where are they now? Are they like, wow, I can't believe I said that, or do they just ignore the fact that they said that? Um, they they just ignore it. We we don't even address it. I mean, there's no point. I mean, I think everyone's gonna have doubts. Do I blame them for having a doubt? No. I mean, 
if I had a friend coming up to me saying she wants to start a shoe line, but oh, good luck. There's a lot of people doing shoes. Yeah. I mean, to have a doubt for that, it's kind of normal because, you know, you're not really reinventing a wheel by starting a jewelry business. You know, you're not like starting a new startup. You're not building like a new Snapchat or anything. It's not a new concept, right? So, so you are jumping in a very competitive industry, which is jewelry. Um, but I think the way that you would try to differentiate yourself is having a technical background. Cause I feel like a lot of the old jewelry people don't know. Yeah. You're, you're very yeah. right with that. Like the people who have been doing handmade stuff for years didn't grow up in this world of, uh, yeah. of tech and social all around us. So you do have mm-hmm. a leg up on them for that. But how did you, do you purposely try to grow your social following or have your followers just come from you being featured on things? Um, I purposely did try to grow by doing giveaways, like of celebrities. Like I did one with Karen Chen, and she, I believe she only had like at that point eighty thousand followers. And she, it was just a post about doing a giveaway of my earrings, and we got like ten thousand comments. Wow! And this girl typically only gets like twenty comments on her post. Stop. That, so I I knew that was like you know giveaways are the best ways to grow your followers instantly. Good to know. Um, yeah, <laughs> you're gonna see me doing a giveaway next week. <laughs> Yeah, we could do one together if yeah. you want. Let's do it. I've done it uh, with other people who have been on the podcast. So totally. So, all right. If it happens, be on the lookout for a, a giveaway on my Instagram yeah. at the Carla Marie. And it's on Instagram. You guys are at Sonia Howe Jewelry, right? Yes. So it's at S-O-N-I-A-H-O-U-J-E-W-E-L-R-Y. <laughs> Sometimes I forget how to spell jewelry. It's so bad. It is. T- it's Jewel. I always have to remember it. Jewelry. Like, yeah, obviously, obviously that was a dumb way to explain that, but it makes sense in my head. <laughs> so is Shopify what you've used from day one for your website? No, I initially used WordPress and I learned my lesson because it's not a dynamic website. I recommend anyone starting a business to use Shopify. This is not even like an ad I'm trying to promote for them. No, you're good. They, um, they are the most, it's very integrated. Everything's integrated. The moment you get an order, they have like a lot of apps set up where you could optimize your SEO. You could automatically send an email to people who um, viewed your products. Oh, wow. And didn't buy. Like it's very well designed and built for e-commerce sellers. WordPress isn't. Like I, I didn't have any of those functions. So it was really hard for me to, to build an e-marketing strategy, email marketing strategy. Um, Shopify collects emails from people actually so it's very dynamic it's a site and i everyone that i know that are fellow entrepreneurs themselves that sell online are using shopify yeah you're not the first person to say that everyone i've Mm -hmm. talked to is like literally shopify is the best thing that's ever happened to me and and anyone who's selling that i've talked to on this podcast it's normally shopify they should actually be paying me at this point (laughs) because they're mentioned in every episode so it's cool it's cool to hear that it's it's fluid no matter whether you're selling t-shirts or jewelry so everyone always says that shopify is their favorite app when i ask them their favorite app to use would you say shopify is an app that you use or is there another app you would recommend well i also use snapseed to edit the photos I also used Later, which is like a way to post your Instagram posts. I guess it schedules your Instagram posts, so you don't have to like be constantly posting every day. They would automatically post for you every day after you. When you you have to log on to Later, because I have Later as well. I don't use it for scheduling mm-hmm. as much as I use it for the um, the awesome thing where you can put a link in your bio and everyone can go through and click on your previous posts and go to whatever that post was speaking about. Do you use Later to actually schedule? 
day post. You so yeah. you'll log on and almost as if you're blogging and just schedule it to Instagram. Yeah. You schedule for like a whole month. So you don't have to log into your Instagram all month, you know? Do you find that your posts through later don't get as much engagement? No, because it's, it's all posted on Instagram. What I learned over time is that the best way to get engagement is either through GIFs or videos. Okay. Those are the most engaging ways to um, draw people's attention on Instagram because just a, a, two, a two-dimensional photo doesn't get as much um, attention, I noticed. So it, it, that's actually a really good way to promote. It's funny because I use, I just started using Later, and anytime I use it to schedule something, that specific post does awful. So I was convinced that like Instagram is blocking out Later or third-party oh. companies. Yeah, so go monitor and see the ones that you're you're scheduling through there and report back to me and let me know what you think. And if anyone listening has any experience with uh, using Later or anything and you're seeing that, let me know because I've been like putting feelers out to all bloggers that I know who use it and some of them are saying the same thing and some of them are saying no. Really? Do you hashtag your stuff too? Oh yeah. I hashtag it all. Oh, that's so That is actually one of the cool things about Later that I love. Um, they have that feature where you type in a hashtag you want to use and then they kind of generate all other hashtags yeah. that work with that. They're really good. They really are resourceful. Yeah. And I, I do recommend them for things like that and being able to use uh, your link in bio to kind of connect to all of your posts. But I'm, yeah. I'm scared of the scheduler now. So I'm curious <laughs> to hear what you say. Now, now I'm going to check it out. I actually haven't paid much attention to that. Yeah, so go look. At, go look and let me know, yeah. and I will let everyone else know uh, what you what you say when you get on shows like Wendy Williams and stuff like that. Is all that through that agency you spoke about, or is that yeah that it is? So you're still in contact with them doing that type of stuff. No, that agency, the one that did Wendy Williams, went down under. Ooh. And they actually didn't even pay me for some of the <gasps> stuff back in the day. Um, but I didn't even go through a lawsuit with them because it was just too much work. But I actually work with a different one, a different TV agency. Oh, so you have a different that, agency now. Yeah, that I use. Your pieces yeah. are perfect for TV. They're perfect for everyday office. They're perfect for date night. You really do have great pieces without them being over the top thinking, oh, I would never wear that. It's just... It sounds so ridiculous to say you have pieces of jewelry for everyone because everyone says yeah. that, but it, it really is. It's just, if there's not one thing you like, there's something else you like, and it's for whatever part of life you need it for. It's whether you're in the Olympics or you're just sitting at work on a random day, you yeah. really do have gorgeous, gorgeous pieces. Thank so you. yeah, it's, it's cool. Well, I, I mean, like the one piece I designed that's super versatile is our fire earrings that the Olympians wore. You could wear it three ways and as an ear, one as a basic round stud, or you could wear it as an ear jacket, front or back of your earlobe. And that's what the, a lot of Olympians like liked about it. Now, when you're designing something like that, do you have to go back and forth with the, the wholesale or the production company to say, no, do they, do they ever not get it on the first try? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. There's, you have to go through several tries. You have to go through a back and forth a lot because unless you send them a 3D mold, which is really expensive to do, they're not going to get the first try. So, so is it worth yeah. it? To, now, you said it's really expensive to do, but when you're thinking how much time it takes and how much back and forth, does that ever weigh out where maybe it was better to do the 3D mold? Well, 3D mold could t cost like thousands of dollars. Okay, never mind. So, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't do Unless you have a 3D printer, that'll be awesome. But Yep, that's yeah. next for you. There you go. Yeah. 3D printer. Next investment. <laughs> okay. So you're at home right now. Your your daughter's inside. What is a normal day like for you? You wake up. What's that first thing you do? I wake up. I pawn her off to my nanny in the morning, literally, at 730. 
and then brush my teeth, get dressed, and then I do some check my sales in the morning on Shopify every morning and then do whatever work I need in the first few hours. And then I take care of my daughter. I take her out to her classes and then cook her lunch and, I, and then she naps and then I do more work. And then, you know, like more often than not, lately I've been working from eight to midnight after she sleeps. Really? Now, do yeah. you do you enjoy that more? Or that's just what works best for you or? You know what? If I was working from eight to midnight almost every night at my old job at Disney, I would be pissed <laughs> but because this is a passion and something that i'm building i'm actually like not complaining at all so, i would usually like complain when when i would stay late at disney till like eight and i'm like this is ridiculous yeah but now i'm like this is like i don't feel like i'm working i actually feel like i'm being productive at night is there a do you actually have weekends or do you is every day really the same for you um, I do have weekends because my nanny is gone, so I do have to take care of her. Right, so, so you can't be focusing yeah. on work. Yeah, but it's a nice break. I mean, look, this job doesn't require you to work day and night. It's only because I have a kid I'm working at night. If I just did, if I didn't have a kid, I was just working it. This job, I think this could could be a part time job. Like I don't with some full time hours. Like it doesn't need to be full time. When you email me, it's very like you have almost a press release. It looks like, and it just. It's very, you're presented very, very well when you reach out to people. Is that you or do you have someone who works on your press release or the way you present your company? It's actually me. I mean, I have a very strategic way of approaching people. Like with the Olympics, you, look, anyone could direct message, but not everyone would get a response. And True. again, it's all, it's all being good in sales of knowing what to put in your email to make someone respond back. And I think the one of the most effective ways that I, I've learned that I got, the, trust me, I've gotten a lot of rejections. Like people think, oh, wow, you're doing this, this to happen for Olympics. But you, you don't realize it came with a ton of like oh, learning yeah. and failures of like, you know, with the ways how I approach people in email. I would share that the most effective way is to always introduce yourself with a line followed by a question because that prompts them to answer. Psychologically yeah. To answer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, if you just kind of email someone, just kind of giving it, saying, oh, this is me. I'm still my brand. You should really check it out, and it's great for you. Here's my website. It feels like an ad. You feel psychologically, everyone typically be like, delete. Right. So um, I recommend just writing short, concise emails with a question so it sounds looks more personal. I like that because a lot of people do. I do hear that from people. It's like, how do I get my business out there? And I'm like, I don't know. People just like I, I have I have no idea because for me I'm on the opposite end of it so I can explain yes what people do to me but that is so smart to send an email with a question and not just like hey this is me it's hey this is me how can we work together or have you tried this have you do you need jewelry it's it is so smart to tackle it that way and try to find ways that it would benefit them not by just selling your product benefiting you just how it would benefit them by wearing it and for me it was they got free jewelry to wear at the Olympics. I'm going to go back to that first email you sent me and see how you hooked me. I'm going to find out. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even remember. It well, was like I, a few years ago. Yeah, so I think you originally reached out because uh, you were connected through Port and Polish. Through yes. uh, the Pillbox, who was also on uh, this yes. the, uh, this podcast. So my husband and her husband went to college at NYU together. And, you, and they just have badass wives who do awesome things <laughs> that just happens like you know she had a full-time job too yeah you know? and then she ventured on to doing important polish and i think her idea is really cool because you know 
um, pillboxes aren't that competitive in the industry in terms of having modern pillboxes. It's one of a kind. You don't have a lot of unique, you know, affordable, quality pillboxes. And she really hit that, you know. Yeah. She's you, doing well. Have you guys ever worked together on anything cross-promotion? We did do a blog together for the holidays. Where we are working on a blog together. But other than that, no. I mean, I feel like we should do more. Yeah, let's um, go, guys. Come on. <laughs> I know. Like, these women entrepreneurs just got to connect. Seriously. And it's make true. things happen. What is your biggest struggle as a, uh, as a business owner and maybe a business owner specifically in jewelry? I think the biggest struggle is to always trying to, like, keeping your brand out there and fresh. And in the news, it's not easy. Like, you know, and you always have to, like, keep people engaged, whether through sushi. There's just so many elements involved in terms of, like, brand building. You know, it's not just for jewelry. It's for, if you're a business and you're building a brand, whether you're in jewelry or, like, in, in, in clothing line or hair products, whatever, you're building a brand. And there's just so many elements involved that a lot of people don't realize, like, from the technical aspect to marketing, sales, and inventory and logistics and ship like struggle is trying to manage it all, you know, and making sure you are on top of it. So Sonia, how jewelry is sold on Amazon. How did you land that? You'd be surprised. You just apply and they, and they would decide if they want you on there or not. That is There's so a monthly cool. fee. We actually just locked in a deal of overstock. So we're going to be on overstock soon. That's, it's, you know, you also have to approve through the buyers on overstock. Um, but yeah, we're going to be in overstock soon, but Amazon is just, you just supply online. Anyone could do it. I had no idea. So is there, you're obviously are putting yourself, like you said, out there everywhere. So if someone is starting a business, you recommend, uh, hosting everything on your own site and then branching out and not just being in one place. Right. I recommend just first selling on Amazon to see if there's a market for it. Really? And then if there is, then you should develop a website. Amazon tests the demand for things. So, yeah. So that way it minimizes your investment. I never, like, in my mind, I would never think, okay, go to Amazon first. I would think start your own website first. Because starting your own website is really hard to even get traction and people to go to your site. So it takes a while for you to even appear in Google rankings. Whereas Amazon, you appear right away. As soon as a person searches your product, you appear on there. So... Um, a, a lot of my friends do sell on Amazon. They sell like bathtubs. Mm. They sell random crap. Bathtubs? <laughs> yeah, you, they make thousands a month. <laughs> like, just doing it. It's really easy. Like, I'm telling you, like, when you go on Amazon, you'd be surprised that when the stuff that you're purchasing are from small business owners, they're not big um, corporations. That's true. I mean, I literally buy everything from Amazon, so I'm going to look into that next time and see who I'm actually buying from because you're right. A lot of times we have no idea who the heck we're buying yeah. from. You're right to look into that. I mean, there's a, there is a downside to it because you know that a lot of stuff that they sell may not be tested and you don't know if they're safe. So that's why for a lot of baby products, I do avoid buying on there. Okay. Because look at this. You're, yeah. you're teaching us life things on this episode of Side Hustlers. Yes. I love it. Earlier in the podcast, you were talking about um, the safety of jewelry and how that's important to you. Are you, where does that come from? Are you specifically sensitive to jewelry? And is that why you wanted to make something that was super safe? Yes, I am. I have very sensitive ears. So I wanted to create something where it was hypoallergenic and at the same time, like it's worth my investment where it's going to last for a long time or if not forever, you know, like a lot of stuff that I used to buy at Nordstrom or um, even Bloomingdale's, like the stuff was fake. 
And, you know, I'm not going to say any brands out there, but the metals tarnished. It caused me allergic reactions. I spent $60 on it. Like, to me, that was a waste of money. Wait, it was 60 bucks. So I wanted to design something, which is my jewelry, which is priced around $60, made out of real materials and quality metals that, you know, that would be safe for your skin and last for a long time. And I felt like we needed that in the industry. Well, how much research did you have to put into launching it before you actually started sitting down and making the jewelry? Like how much research into finding out what was safe and what wasn't? I Well, I know that if I use real metals, I knew that those were going to be safe for me. Like sterling silver too. Like I'm all allergic to those, but some people are. But just using real metals, you can't go wrong. Um, I know, you know, the research I did was that I actually went to like major retailers. Like I looked at Tiffany's. You know, they would sell a sterling silver necklace for a hundred dollars, but sterling silver that cost does not cost that much. It's probably one one hundredth of that cost. You know, and I realized that you know they mark up a hundred a hundred times. Well, what if my market wasn't a hundred times and it was just one fourth of that? You already are create, you know, satisfying the demand for people who can't afford high-end jewelry and the people who like fashion jewelry that are fashionable and can afford it. So, you know, you really meet that midpoint by designing, a, you know, like using quality materials with a fashionable design. When you first started and you and you were doing all this research and, and building your website and buying materials, were, did you have to put out a lot of your own money to launch it or was it super simple? Yeah, I mean, it was my own money, less than $1,000, <laughs> like I said. Anyone can start a business. It's really cheap. Um, it's just less than $1,000 to launch. If you have $1,000 to spend, you could start a business. It's really on you. But, you know, I also have a photography background. So I did a lot of my photography, product photography myself. Uh, people would spend $600 on product photography. I, I cut costs that way. Other ways to cut costs is, you know, people ask me, do you spend money on a photo shoot? I actually don't. I wow. actually, um, the way you um, don't spend money on photo shoots and have photo shoots, this is my secret. This is what I did. I found models. Like I had a friend that was Miss California. I also knew people that knew people that were like makeup artists for like Fox or Paramount. And also, I also knew fashion stylists that I connected through Instagram. They were all trying to expand the portfolio. And my selling point Smart. to them was that, you know, let's all do a shoot together and we could use this and add to our portfolio. And that way I didn't have to spend anything on photo shoots. It's so smart. I, and I also love how you just you're looking at starting a business like it's just like any old day. And I mean that in the best the nicest way possible so many people are so scared to do it and I'm excited for them to hear how you were like seriously just do it like it's easy just go for it because a lot of people need to hear that I don't know why so many of us are so scared to take that step into something new but I I, I'm so excited for them to hear you be like yeah just do it it's fine no big deal any old one I mean look if you're gonna spend a thousand dollars on like a stock market as a you know just to invest just also spend another thousand on on a side gig, you know, invest in yourself. It's what I keep telling yeah, everyone. Yeah. It's the, it, it's the, the best or the least guilty way to spend money is investing in yourself, yeah. self care or kicking off a business. You're right. It's, it's yeah. true. And I love how like all of this started because you were watching the Oscars, first of all, and I have to watch award shows sometimes. And I'm like, Oh my God, why do I have to watch this for work? But look at your business started from something so simple just a simple idea that you had and i feel like you need to get jennifer lawrence and anne hathaway to wear your pieces at least at one point 
I would love to. <laughs> if they would reach out to me, they can have anything they want. I mean, I would reach out to, to them on Instagram, but I don't think I would get a response. Hey, you never so, know. You never yeah. know. Hit that email button. <laughs> it might be there for them. Uh, true, right? And I mean, I, I did give them shout outs in the CNBC article yeah. I was featured in. Yeah, you did. So, you know, maybe someone from their team could reach out to me. So I would is- love that. Is there anything you would say to anyone who is in the middle of doing a side hustle and they're like, man, this is tough. This is a lot of hours or anyone who's thinking about it. What is your last takeaway for anyone doing that grind? I say just whether it is to build a website, take your time with it. If you don't have a lot of time, I spent six months taking my time with it. Technically, websites should only take two weeks to build, but I took six months. So just Take your time if you don't have the time. There's no rush, right? We're going to live for the next, what, 40, 50 years? Like, (laughs) you could work on this. Take your time, and eventually you'll find a buyer, and you'll get some traction, whether on the press or anywhere. Like, you will get traction. I mean, my friend that started Portland Polish Pillbox, she was on BuzzFeed. People discover her on BuzzFeed. Mm -hmm. All through social media. Again. Social media is the best promotional platform where you don't really need to spend that much money. So um, it's a great way to get your stuff out there and get your stuff out to writers and, you know, and people. Sonia, thank you, first of all, for being on this podcast, for dropping all your badass knowledge, for making amazing jewelry. And what I also love is that you can go to soniahow.com and use code Carla Marie and get 20% off. And if you forgot how to spell it somewhere in this podcast, it's also probably right in front of you on your screen. It's going to be in the title of the episode, but it's S-O-N-I-A-H-O-U.com. And on Instagram, it's Sonia Howe Jewelry. Sonia, seriously? Thank you. I appreciate you very much. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. And I think we should work on that giveaway we were talking about. Yes, we're going to do it. That is is what is happening now. That is our our next big plan to work on. But thank you for being here. Okay, sounds good. We'll have a good day. Okay, you too. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.